0: 100. I cannot believe that we have reached episode 100 of the Business Bites podcast. In fact, maybe now it's time I can start calling myself a podcaster. Uh, I've kind of shied away from that, not because I don't like podcasting. I'm obsessed with podcasts, mostly true crime. But I just really see podcasting in the Business Bites as more of a tool in the toolbox So what I offer to all of you. But man, Things are starting to get serious, and we're at episode 100. I want to share in this episode about my journey. I get asked a lot about my entrepreneurship journey, and I've done tons of interviews on other people's podcasts, webinars, speaking stuff, but I never really boiled it down to one place. So this may be a little less educational, uh, but more about the trajectory of my business. I will still throw out some quick business tips, as always, and let's just... I don't even know where to start. I guess we'll start at the beginning. Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brankey. Hey guys, welcome to the Business Bites Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Brankey, and this is episode 100. As always, you guys can find all show notes at rachelbrangu.com forward slash EPI 100. We are here. We've done a 100 episodes of myself and with guests for quick bites of content for you guys, busy entrepreneurs who are just trying to make a go at it. Many of you are killing it. I love hearing from you. I see the stuff in the Business Bites Facebook group. I get PMs from you guys all the time, PMs, DMs, whatevs on Instagram. And one of the top questions y'all have asked me over the years of doing this is how did I get here? Well, first let's preface this episode to say here is not the end. Here is not like the pinnacle of where I want to be. As you figured out, I'm multi-passionate, ever-evolving, ever-growing like many of you are. And I'm just going to keep doing this thing. I love it. I love being able to, even though I'm talking to myself, sitting um, in the office now to talk to you guys here, I feel like I am reaching out and touching and making a difference. And that has been my primary goal of this entire journey and it's really fun. You know, some days it can be very frustrating thinking that I'm getting lost in the noise. There's so much out there, as you're going to see as I share in chronological order of how I got to where I'm at and where I plan to go. But there, the noise has kicked up so much in the last few years, and it can be very disheartening. And I share that. As you guys know, I like to share my heart. I'm very transparent. And don't look at somebody who's at 100 episodes, you know, top – podcasts on Apple and think, oh, they made it. They don't have struggles. Yeah, maybe a little easier than it was in the beginning. Some days, some days it's not. There are some things that are much more difficult, especially when you do put yourself out there to the world, which we'll get to that in the, um, in the episode now. Where do I start? I guess at the very beginning, the very good beginning is a good place to start. Uh, bonus points if you know what that is from. Sound of music, by the way. All right. So way back in the day before internet. Well, not necessarily, but pretty close. In fact, I was the tender age of actually middle school, elementary. This is where it starts. I promise it won't be so long-winded. But I remember I've never really fit into the box. And in fact, my second child, I have five. My second child right now is... Uh, my daughter, she's very much like me. And we're struggling with some of the same issues that I had when I was younger. And it was being super analytical. And I remember telling my teachers ways that they could change their filing system and their grading system and how they could organize how to hand out homework. And that wasn't well received in school. But I knew then that I never really was going to fit into the box. And I always wanted to seek to improve things. And so fast forward. To like the tender age of 1920, met my husband. I was in college at University of Texas. My husband was active duty army, had already completed one tour to Iraq, and met him. And it was a whirlwind romance. We got married very quickly, very young. Um, as you probably have heard, a lot of military uh, couples do. And and spoiler, it's been 15 years now, are still together. Five more kids later, three more dogs, but. At that time, I was still in college, and I already knew that I wanted to go into business of some sort, wasn't sure what, was still kind of dabbling with this idea of, oh, I love crime stuff. I mean, I'm obsessed with crime podcasts. Like, Sinisterhood is one of my absolute favorite. So I was going to school for criminology and criminal justice, and – I hadn't really truly matured. You know, one of the benefits, and I do admittedly put this out there, is that I had the resources to go to college. And I, school did kind of come easy to me and still kind of does too. And I think that's just some of that super analytical. I can read something, I scrutinize, and I'm able to develop a good argument. Now, throw math and science at me. That's not happening. Pull out my calculator, that kind of thing. But when it came to history, English, and all of that, did very well. So a really good time fairly average, I guess, in undergrad. And we got married and had our son and our oldest. And then I was like, you know what? I really don't know what I want to do. I'm obviously gonna to try to finish undergrad and I need to work. So I was waiting tables. Um I also did a brief stint at a bank. Really wasn't my thing, sitting at the counter trying to sell bank accounts to soldiers. And so I ended up going back to waiting tables, which I had done in high school. And what's funny, I've probably mentioned on a couple episodes, I definitely found that waiting tables has immensely taught me a lot about running a business, immensely a lot about customer service, client psychology, all of that. And because you run into um, a variety of people, you um, the more efficient that you work, the more money you can make, you know, you get people in, get people out, but not make them rush. And so I was waiting tables. But about that time was also when I was diagnosed with cancer, thyroid cancer. And I remember sitting there, I got the phone call. They didn't bring me in, actually, Army, that's the way that's the way they roll. They just called me and the scheduler was like, hey, we're going to take your tumor out. And I was like, say what? But I remember distinctly sitting there, and this was before iPhones. So mind you, when I say it was before the internet, Facebook was not even around. Um, maybe it was on the cusp. I think Zuckerberg may have had the idea it was hammering it out, but it's nothing compared to what we know now. MySpace was kind of the thing with and this is where I learned to code. So I do all my own websites and um, this is where I learned to do some coding stuff and with the glittery backgrounds and the autoplay music, super fun. But I remember sitting there and looking at my son who was a year and a half, if that too, and thinking if I make it through this, I don't want to work for someone else's dreams and goals. I want to work for mine and I want to be as present for my kid slash kids. I didn't know if I'd have any more. Didn't really intend on having a big family. Spoiler, we have five. And I just I just, distinctly remember that feeling. And so all those feelings it kind of came back from when I was criticizing my teachers of how to change things. And that's when I really dug into learning about business. Remember. This was during the time when this freemium model where you can log on to blogs and get business insights, podcasts, and all that, they were not super prevalent. They're not nearly what it is now. And so I dug into learning about business. At the same time, I was also uh, started up my own online apparel shop. I did a little dabbling in graphic design on GIMP. Ooh, Awful. But I did it, and I was making money, and I was putting all the money. And when I say making money, we're talking like two nickels to rub together. So a lot, what I was doing in order to save money, school online as much as I could during the day to be with our son, worked on the business while he napped. And then in the evenings, I was waiting tables, and my husband was enlisted. We did not have a lot of funds. We were bankrolling everything ourselves, and, which is the story of many people, and Thankfully, we had healthcare through the Army, so we didn't have to worry about that too much. But we were putting all the money that we could, you know, of course not taken away from my family, but any extra money that I had, picked up extra shifts, waiting tables, longer hours, I put that all into the business, into this apparel and learning of business. Fast forwarding a bit through this, you know, people started asking me questions about business. They saw that I was doing decently well with this side hustle, this apparel shop, and they wanted to know how they could get in to do this. And again, there was not the freemium model, so you couldn't just log online really and get the info. And this is really where I started doing a lot of my blogging. I also decided to go to school and get my MBA. During this time, my husband was in and out, deployed to Iraq and was working full time i did some time as a government contractor to kind of help pay for the mba thinking that a business degree had to be the way because that's the old school way right had to be the way that i was going to become a successful business owner i'll tell you guys what I now things kind of make sense, but at the time, honestly, if you don't have a business degree, that's a okay. You don't need to go to business school in order to learn how to run a business. Just doing it and getting to know other people listening to podcasts like this are definitely the way that you can go about it. So fast forwarding a few years, I'm trucking along, I'm doing a lot of the blogging, getting to know other people, I'm sharing about how to run a business, and this kind of included the setting up and legal aspect of stuff, and I realized, you know, there's something here So let me see about law school. And law school also came about because we had dealt with secondary infertility as a result of my radiation treatments and surgeries from cancer. That's why there's a a four-and-a-half-year age difference between my first and second son and daughter. And it's funny because we had just decided we weren't going to do any more treatments. We weren't getting pregnant. I had been accepted to law school since I was really interested in business and also still had that criminology degree. still like criminal stuff, so maybe that entertained that thought a little bit. And literally the day after I paid my deposit for law school, we found out we were pregnant with our daughter without any treatments. And so that was incredible. Uh, I still went to law school. I had her the first year. Husband was deployed or gone to training and then was deployed my second year. And then third year um, I actually, we got pregnant for the third year. So that was number three. And this entire time, I'm still trying to help people run their businesses. I'm learning how to run business on my own. I'm doing blogging. And I set up one of my most prominent brands, the Law Tog, because I had also started offering photography services to some of my business consulting. And admittedly, I've never shied away from this, admittedly I was using photography A, is a way to be creative and balance my brain from law school, but also so that I could make money because we had gone during this time from being like a two income to one household to two household because he was away at training and had to pay there Um, and did geo-batching, geo-bacheloring for military spouses for a while. So anyways, finances were tight and you're not supposed to work during law school especially your first year but I was continuing the business consulting and stuff and so yeah we I kept trucking along started getting the blogging going the law talk got going and it took off it is the legal resource for photographers a lot of the info like you guys get here is over there as well it's thriving it's amazing and I decided hey when I exited law school past the Texas bar I also have the Virginia Bar I was like, you know what? There's something here. Even though we're starting to spin up in the online sphere of all this. Uh, freemium information, there's not a lot of people sharing about legalities from the context of being an entrepreneur and doing it yourself. Because I was running my own apparel business, doing photography, I was doing consulting. And so as an entrepreneur myself, I understood what a lot of entrepreneurs were going through, but I was also able with the education, the licensing, and the experience, combine it all together. And that's where a lot of the brands that you see now, the log talk for photographers, fit legally comes a little later, once I started getting active and fitness stuff and then the business bites under Rachel Branke, which is me, and ended up ha- adding a couple more kids as a total of five to the family, and I've just continued to grow and I've done multiple Income streams, we've owned a co-working space, the apparel online store, some investing um, in some other companies, silent investors. And it's just been really good way and trajectory. But I'll tell you what, it's not always easy. And I'm not saying this from a place of like, oh, woe is me. It's always hard. Anytime you start a new brand, you may have some leverage because you already kind of workflows and processes. And I kind of copied and pasted over workflows, processes, and approaches from one to another. But you definitely, when you start new, you're starting new. And I still look fondly back at when I was really spinning up my core businesses that are still my core businesses now. But I really do kind of miss that baptism by fire. I mean, I remember sitting in my Um, office during law school. I was tired, you know, school all day. I was pregnant, had Joshua that first year, and I had all this studying to do, and I still had to respond to all my clients and everything, and I remember I was just so burnt out. I was so tired. Husband was deployed, so there was that stress, and it forced me to get my ish together. It forced me to find workflows and processes that work better, and I encourage all of you, especially if you're feeling Overwhelmed and burned out, and I still use this today. If I start feeling stressed out and burned out, I often always look and ask myself, "What are you doing that's inefficient here? Could you offload some of this? Is there is there do you need to be doing all of this?" That's another question too, because I think as entrepreneurs, we definitely are all out. We're all in. We got to do it all. And you just have to ask yourself, is that client really going to care if you answer at 11.52 p.m. or if you answered at 6.30 a.m. when you wake up? Like the reality, are they going to care about the seven-hour difference? And it's little things like that, <coughs> excuse me, that I learned through all of this. And when I got into my 30s, we I was having baby number five about that time. And, you know, after the cancer, I had struggled with a lot of weight I had struggled with some postpartum depression. It did impact my businesses. And it was just kind of an alignment of success trajectory for some of the brands was going high. It went quicker than I realized and I couldn't keep up along with self-esteem. And it's the same story that many of you guys approached. And getting through that, I entered into triathlon. And many of you have probably seen where that's transpired. I've now gone into running a triathlon, I'm on Team USA for two seasons, and then I also did Ironman World Championships the year before last, and so it's been an incredible journey, not just professionally. I think that's one of the things that we miss a lot when we hear interviews is where people have come from. It's so easy to look at the chapter right then or the last few years, but not really understanding where the like the seeds of the ideas. I remember it in elementary school thinking, I just want to fix and make things better, right? And that's impacting other people. Which actually this is a good time for me to bring in that I struggled for a long time with this idea of am I going to go into the for-profit sector and is that selfish? Because one of the things that I always thought in the back of my mind of improving I always wanted to help impact others. That's why I even got into doing the business consulting and stuff at first is because I was thinking, I'm at home with my son. I would love for other moms or parents to be able to do the same. And I struggled for a long time, especially because there was a hot bit. Going into law school in the first year, I really thought, you know what? Let me use my criminology degree. I really had a heart for uh, prosecuting child sex crimes, and I struggled for quite a while of admitting that I, quote unquote, followed the money. And it wasn't because I followed money because I was greedy. My family needed it at the time. Husband was still active duty. And there I was going to spend the same amount of money for daycare that I was going to be making as a prosecutor. And so I turned down the prosecutor position. And that was really hard. And I never really publicly shared that. I've really never uh, fleshed that out in an interview before. Now, I share all that to say, you can make an impact. And it's okay if it's in a for-profit type sector like this because for me, I'm putting out a lot of free information that, yeah, the end result and the end goal kind of is to get people to buy into who I am, get to know me, and potentially pay me money. But guess what the benefits are in there? I'm still impacting. Like even on this episode, I hope that it impacts just one person. It'd be great if it was a lot more because we have a lot of great listeners. But I definitely want to impact at least one person. And it took me a while to realize that you can make good in the world. You can make an impact in the world. And it doesn't have to be being the stellar prosecutor locking up, um, uh, I was going to say perverts, but it's true, of people that commit child sex crimes. And it. I can still make an impact, and I feel like I'm helping make a ground floor impact by allowing for families to have more financial freedom, be more present for each other as partners, as for their kids, Um, and you don't even have to be in that kind of familial structure. It could be anybody at all that wants to have a quality of life. That was one of the big things that my dad has always taught me is he would rather take a cut and pay for a better quality of life, and I took the route of, well, rationally, doesn't make sense to go only make 40000 a year and pay $40,000 in childcare and make zero, then what's the point in me missing my kids? To taking the risk of being an entrepreneur. And many of you have taken that. If you're listening to this, you have taken that step. And kudos to you, uh, because there definitely is even though I may be making more now than I'd ever made as a prosecutor, there was a lot of risk and there was a lot of long hours that I wouldn't necessarily have had. And you can just you just see the trade off with this, right? You can get a quality of life. You just may be trading off different things. So with all that, where I'm situated now is I'm still active in triathlons. and am actually currently pursuing all the major marathons. I have London coming up. That's just my personal side and continue to do speaking engagements. I have done international, um, some of the biggest in America. I absolutely love it. I used to be terrified of public speaking. So this job has kind of forced me to be able to get better at that. And I also own a law firm that sprung up. um, You know, I'd always been doing since I graduated law school, I was continuing my regular businesses that I've outlined, but I was also doing legal work. It just wasn't Um, probably one of the primaries. It was just a a fringe benefit, a peripheral uh, thing to everything else. And then once it really started spinning up, I was able to uh, shift a lot more time away from more of the, you know, because now these brands have gotten to more of a passive income, even though they still require you to keep the ball rolling. Uh, The big boulder has already been rolling and it's easier just to do little taps. And so I can focus on legal stuff. And so I did it for a while by myself and that was fun. And then I got a partner and we've been doing partner style work for officially two years, but basically three years. And he is now going to be teaching full time at the law school and I'm going back out on my own. And the entire staff is going with me and I'm thrilled with that. And now I'm really in a place that I feel like I can serve you guys even better. I really have an understanding of who I am as a person, who I am as an entrepreneur, the values that I want to inject to my clients. And so the path trajectory doesn't have to be what everyone else says. You don't have to work the 9 to 5. I waited tables. That was the grit and what I needed to do. We sold items that we We're not using anymore and stuff around the house and garage sales to put money in to build the business. You can make it happen. It doesn't have to be a trajectory that everyone wants you to conform to. It's going to be up and down as long as you continue moving ahead. As cliche as that sounds is what is most important. So there's a lot in there actually that I did not share, but that's really been the general journey that I've taken. Um, I think Just as a recap on that, started out just wanting to help others and to improve things and work for myself. So from a more tangible business standpoint, something that I've realized is you can think of it like Monopoly. This is all a board. I've got my park place or whatever. It's the only thing I could think of. And I've built my hotel. Once I've built that hotel to where it's pretty sustainable and I can develop a team to help maintain it and it doesn't require 100% attention, take what you learned from that copy and paste it over. I mentioned that earlier. And so that is what I've done. I mean, if you look at the brands, it's nothing novel. It's nothing new. I've just taken a new spin. I identified something in the market that needed done. And then with each brand, it's relatively the same structure. It's all about the messaging and who I'm serving. And so think about that. Maybe you're thinking, oh, you know, there's more people I want to serve. You know what? You can serve people in multiple silos, multiple hotels, multiple industries. You can build it up And again, understand that if you're coming in and just meeting me, you're just seeing things on like year 15. You're not seeing things from the very beginning. It's not that easy. You have to really be intentional about creating what you're doing, keeping checking analytics, always evaluating. I talk about this formula a lot on this podcast about who you're trying to serve and what your unique selling proposition is for that. And that really is, if there has to be a magic formula, that's the formula. And Always keeping yourself in check is the most important thing of this entire journey that I have learned is that if, and it's so cliche, we can just post a little pinboard here, but if you're not staying true to you, if you're becoming overloaded, if you're become bombarded, you're not happy with what you're posting or what you're doing and you dread doing it, make a on change because you're losing time and money when you're not making the change. I know it's more of a risk. You think, man, well, I'm getting some income. I'm making a couple thousand a month. If I make a change, I'm going to lose that. But guess what? You're going to lose more over time. Let's say if you're still sitting here a year from now and you hadn't made the change, you're going to be losing all that potential money you could have made had you made the change because you'd be more effective in whatever it is that you like doing and what you're good at doing. And Because I was resistant for a long time in adding on extra brands. I thought if I leave the law talk, not leave it, but if I take my eyes off of it, it's going to falter. But you know what? It doesn't. It gets to a point and if you at least you got that big boulder in the beginning, it's hard to get that big boulder rolling. But once it's rolling, you have the processes and all the lessons in place, you can just keep tapping it along. I can then look over and start pushing another boulder, but keep one hand just tapping this one. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from my entire journey. And what I kind of have learned um, personally and professionally is to keep myself in check. Make sure that I'm within my limits because I'm also one of those people that doesn't like me put in a box. I don't like having limits, but we all have limits, recognizing, understanding that, and knowing that it's also different. The, the, the grit and the sweat and blood that you're going to have to put in at the beginning is going to be different than the grit and the blood and the sweat that you're going to put in later when you're further along on the journey. Now, I think I've thrown out enough of cliches for you guys, but that's my journey into a nutshell. I'm more than happy to answer any questions or anything about this. This is very super high level. I could talk for hours about all the lessons I've learned about all the different jobs and that I've had about working for free because I do talk about that a couple of episodes, you know, paying your dues, about putting yourself out there. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. And thank you to each of you for helping us get to episode 100. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of the Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools, or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com. Until next time.